Hey, everybody. From Salt Lake City, Utah. It's Thank God I'm Atheist, the podcast. I'm Frank. And I'm Mark, sitting in for Dan. And coming up today on the show, uh, we're going to be, uh, well, we're just going to get to know Mark a little bit better. Yeah. Yeah, Mark, so this, is, this is your second time sitting in. Second time. I'm pretty excited. Yeah, first time for me. Now, first time was very awkward and there was a lot of fumbling, but this time <laughs> I think I know what I'm doing. Well, it sounded great. Oh, good. Yeah, no, I, I, I didn't hear the fumbling, that's for sure. It was under the desk. <laughs> <laughs> um, and, uh, yeah, Dan is, uh, in Europe. He is abroad. Moment. Yeah. Yes, indeed. Yeah. Uh, he, uh. In exile. <laughs> oh, oh, that it were true. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but actually this is the, I realized, um, this is the gayest episode of Thank God I'm Atheist. So far. Yeah, no. Yeah. To, Two gay men hosting. We've never I know. That before that's fantastic. I'm yeah. very excited. Yeah, that's uh, so. Listeners, uh, watch out. This let's is, let's gonna get crazy. Let's not talk about a single gay thing. <laughs> that sounds wonderful. Throw throw them off the scent. <laughs> All right. Uh, do you want to start, or should I get going? Uh, I, I whatever you want. I can start. I have okay. a I have a juicy one because okay. it's uh it's very all current and Ooh, yeah. um okay. Uh, we've traded uh, Dan to Europe, and from Europe, we got a pope. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Dan's the, missing the whole the whole pope visit. Yeah, well, Dan, I think Dan is, you know, like at the State of the Union, uh-huh. when one guy has to stay, like the Secretary of Agriculture has to stay somewhere <laughs> in case everybody gets wiped out. Dan is at the Vatican. Oh, he's somewhere in the line of Keeping the, the seat, yes. <laughs> well, we all are, because we're men. Right. But he's keeping the seat warm while... Uh, well, His Holiness is in, I think he's in D.C. today. But okay. uh, So opinions vary widely on this pope, uh, mm-hmm. more so than any pope of my young lifetime, I, mm-hmm. I would imagine. But the, the reason I wanted to bring it up, um, which I think is a great uh, discussion for us atheist types, uh-huh. is the phenomenal public expenditure required to mm. uh keep him alive and fed <laughs> and um oh, wait are we feeding him while he's here i i would assume <laughs> don't you think he's going to five guys with obama and <laughs> Ex- putting on the expense account the government yeah, yeah. government credit card so it's I, apparently it's one of the largest um security operations in us history really yeah okay um so larger I, like like how how what does that mean like a size of like an inaugural address type, you type pro- size you promised me you wouldn't go into too much detail ask <laughs> too sorry. many questions <laughs> i do this to dan too i'm sorry i don't i don't know but <laughs> you don't but have to look it up rachel maddow I, told me so i believe it I, um, I i'm fine with knowing that it's one of the largest yeah so it's yeah. huge so <laughs> i guess the question is you know this is a uh, an enormous amount of money being spent for the ceremonial visit of a religious leader. Wow. Okay. And uh and I think it's kind of a it's kind of a complex moral issue. Uh mm. he's also the head of state, right? Of a wee little country, right? whose main export seems to be pedophiles. <laughs> um so, yeah. you know, we, we and we honor the heads of state whether we like them terribly or not because right. that's what diplomacy is. Right. Um but gosh, it's I, it, it's in the it's in the tens and tens of millions. So, but most heads of state don't have the same sort of influence that clearly the Pope has in in the country. 
nor the fan base usually. Right. <laughs> you know, there's not a lot of Angela Merkel. Like hundreds of thousands of people showing up to see Angela, which Merkel is a there. pity because yeah, she's wonderful. She can rock a stadium, <laughs> but that's that's also true that she, that he's almost kind of a transnational head of state. Yeah, you know, there's there's a billion Catholics, right? They say in the world, sure. Yeah, um, I would venture that probably half of them maybe go to mass on Christmas, <laughs> but uh, still. You know, yeah. uh, it is possible to be a cultural Catholic, and he does have an enormous influence. Yeah. So I, I think, you know, to me, this is the cost of diplomacy. The mm -hmm. the the ugly purest atheist part of me is like, no fucking money ever to go. What not one cent spent on religion? <laughs> but I think this is one of those circumstances where you know, currying influence and favor, hmm. and trying to influence their behavior by being decent and welcoming is yeah. is an appropriate expenditure well and he was a major part of this uh new peace between us and cuba which is awesome you know so yeah i mean the least we could do is throw him a state dinner and <laughs> take him to five guys <laughs> do you know he's never been to the u.s before ever like no. even before no oh think about that oh wow yeah i mean wh i wonder where huh. where do you think he should go well i mean it's a creation museum. <laughs> I, I was just I was just thinking about attractions on, on, on the East Coast. What Williams he needs to go to historic Williamsburg. He lives at Colonial Williamsburg. <laughs> Colonial Williamsburg. <laughs> he lives Colonial Williamsburg, Rome. <laughs> I think he'd be like, ah, this is familiar. <laughs> and I wonder if it, do you think his guys are wearing their, their striped Flemish pantaloons and I would, I would think they'd probably want to blend in more. Are they allowed to? Is the Swiss Guard allowed to operate? I think I think it's like the Secret Service when when the president travels. I think okay, yeah. so he has his own guys around, and then we've surrounded that with the Secret Service. Yeah, and, I wow. imagine. Huh. And is I heard something? Do you know? Is he actually getting out of the Pope Mobile? Is he working the crowds like he normally does? Yeah, he doesn't. He doesn't use that Pope Mobile. He's apparently he's riding around in a Fiat. <laughs> Well, hopefully there's also a mechanic nearby <laughs> so that they can keep the thing working. Thus the need for us to augment his security <laughs> ridiculously. He's riding around. In a I hope it's one of those new ones that look like a toaster. <laughs> that tiny thing. <laughs> they sent Giuseppe along. All right, enough about this damned pope. Uh, oh, Lord, where do I want to go? Okay, I'm, gonna, <clears throat> I'm going to tell the story of... Um, a, a woman by the name of Jennifer Logi Mingram, who's actually from Mexico City. Um, and in 2013, she suffered uh, a stroke uh, due to um, um, double lung failure. Okay, so she's a really sick woman, right? Um, and because of all these health problems, um, she had to go in, get a MRI or CAT scan -y type thing, whatever it is. And while undergoing whatever that little scan was, she, you know, got all these pictures back. Oh, no. And what it, they've discovered... Was there a tortilla gonna, in her head with Jesus on it? Uh, well, no. There's just a Jesus in her head. I'm showing you the mark the picture right now. Oh, my God. Um, there is a Jesus in her head. <laughs> it's true. Something deep down in the middle of her brain has formed... I mean, this thing looks like the Shroud of Turin. It, you know what it looks like, though? It looks like the Terry Gilliam's version of God from the Holy Grail, where he comes out of the clouds. Because <laughs> yes. he kind of has a crown and, like, the uh -huh. fancy hair. And yeah. The, 
Yeah. <laughs> like, it's, it's pretty ridiculous. I, I think I can no longer be part of this podcast because <laughs> I have seen something miraculous. Uh, so they both her and her husband are making this claim. And it does. I mean, it really does look like. Yeah, your your average tortilla or rust stain on a Pontiac isn't is nowhere near as detailed as that cerebral Jesus. <laughs> yeah, it's it's kind of disturbing. Oh my god, um, I'm so happy about this story. This is awesome. <laughs> uh, clearly, of course, as they're claiming, um, the image represents a miracle, uh, and uh, yeah, it's the miracle is called MRI. <laughs> <laughs> We're lucky to have it. Uh, but, of course, medical experts are uh, just uh, claiming that the couple are suffering from pareidolia, pareidolia, something like that. Um, and it, this is this is the, the condition that people are going through when they, they spot an image of Jesus in ordinary household objects. There's a name for that? Yeah, I didn't. I, this is the first time I've ever heard Pareidolia? Pareidolia. Pareidolia. Per- pareidolia. <laughs> well, that, I, I must also be suffering yeah. from pareidolia. <laughs> no, I would have spot that all on my own. Like there, there is no doubt that that's sort of a standard Jesus image. And you, you found this in the Daily Mail, so people should Google that because it is. Yeah, he is risen, <laughs> but he's little teeny tiny brain Jesus <laughs> that must be kept wet. Yeah, we finally found Jesus, and it's in a Mexican woman's brain. That so. is a, that is amazing. <laughs> That is really cool. Uh, now, of course, she is a very sick woman. Um, she uh, is going to be traveling to the United States for surgery, uh, but they need to raise... This article saying $1 million uh, for the surgery and uh, one year of post-operative care. I I went to their fundraising website, and it only looked like they were trying to raise $750,000, of which they have about $26,000. Um, I think since we got a good laugh out of this whole thing, um, we're going to post the link to, uh, to the fundraising thing. So if anybody wants to go to Facebook, our Facebook page, facebook.com slash TGI atheist, uh, you, you could donate and you why could, not? Yeah. Uh, it's a sick woman uh, help her out. who needs some help. And, uh, yeah, if they were very clever, they would put on the fundraising page, a brain scan with like a little George Washington from the money in it. You know, mm-hmm. instead of the Jesus. <laughs> Sorry, I'm reaching. Well, I think what they should be doing is they they need to create sort of um, a, a pilgrimage type thing to her, to her head, to her head. Right. And she just sits in a in a in a roasting hot radioactive MRI machine all day. <laughs> it's just magnets. And then, it's not it's not wh- radioactive. I don't. I can't remember which is which. But when MRI is magnetic, oh, that's magnetic. Resonating, resonance imaging or something like that. That's the and one. And a CAT scan. That's radioactive. Is it? Yeah. Oh, I had one of those. Oh, yeah. It's like yeah. the, it's multiple x-ray layer <gasps> thingamajig. Oh, really? Yeah, I've had a couple. I'm probably like glowing oh. in the dark. <laughs> I should see if there's a Jesus in my brain. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. All right. God, I hope not. All right. So I want to bring us uh, listeners closer to home. But not too close to uh, <laughs> just below the southern delineation of our square state of Utah is, um, and I mean just below, like five feet, is a little area, a little <laughs> twin towns called 
Hilldale and what's the other one? Colorado, Colorado City. City. Colorado yeah. City. And um, this is has been in the news and the media quite a bit over the past few years. This is the little fiefdom of uh, kind of the grand dragon of polygamy, uh, Warren <laughs> Jeffs, uh, and his really abused and tattered and uh, frankly very sad clan of yeah. of kind of retrograde Mormon split off uh, polygamy. And it was founded there because it was an incredibly remote yeah. desert region, right? It was just... Yeah. Uh, just north of the Grand Canyon and just yeah. south of nothing. And, um, <laughs> and you know, oh, so they've been able to hide out there for a long time. And the Utah and Arizona law has always struggled with trying to contain just the horror of their operation. Right. You know, from the sexual and human rights abuses to almost slave labor conditions to uh, splitting families up and giving other people the wives and kids of another man and mm -hmm. and discarding of teenage boys who right. were competing with the silverbacks who wanted to marry their young girlfriends. Right. Anyway. And this is the same group that that went to uh, Texas and did the Yearning for Zion, right? Right. They fled. Built a big temple down there. Right. Okay. They fled to Texas, and, and uh, that's ultimately where Warren Jeffs got got you know i pr probably locked up forever yeah um so it's a it's just terrible anyway but tragedy serious tragedy really struck these people i think it was last week mm -hmm. um we had some uh, unusual rain here in in utah especially in southern utah and in those desert regions flash floods are very very uh common mm -hmm. and uh i think how many people were killed there 13 it was something kind of. It was horrible. Freaky. Yeah, yeah. So it, terrible tragedy, and everybody's hearts goes out to everybody's heart goes out to this these people in this terrible time. But beyond just the awfulness of that, and and again, these media shy people being exposed mm -hmm. to a lot of international media and national media because of this, um, they're they're kind of angrier Amish people, right? <laughs> they're more they're Amish people with guns essentially, so. It was further complicated in this really interesting way because <laughs> <laughs> it's sorry, true. It's just really, isn't it true? It, it's true-ish. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they drive around in trucks. It's, and... it's like the Amish are true-ish. This is yeah, also like that's <laughs> true-ish, polygamish. <laughs> but they, so they have their own police force. They call the marshals, which are not mm -hmm. nice people. Right. If you ever want to meet one, just drive five feet off the main road into Hilldale, and they'll find you. Have you Have you been through there? Yeah. Okay. I've done. I've worked quite a bit in St. George, and okay. occasionally on the weekend, I'll just go for a drive and let's drive through Colorado City because it's spooky. <laughs> but well, yeah, yeah. Anyway, but you're right. Like it's it's sort of the if you're coming from St. George, that you would go through it just to get to like the North Rim of the Grand Canyon, or yeah, or to, to get over to Canab. Canab, and, exactly. Yeah, okay. If, if you didn't want to go through Zion anyway, it's a lot or, of or or even uh, Lake Powell. If right, you're going over from right. okay, right, okay. So that's us giving you an audio roadmap if you're ever in the area. But um, <laughs> what's really fascinating is they 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 have their own police force. They do not like outsiders, especially outside law enforcement there. But here was this horrible event that overwhelmed mm -hmm. them. Hmm. So there's all this mistrust. There's all you know. It's it's. It's tangentially reminiscent of when that horrible tragedy happened to the Amish where that guy went into the church and killed all those little Amish girls. Yeah. And suddenly there's, you know, law enforcement engaging with these people who'd just kind of rather not. Right. And um, oh, wow. so it was fascinating that, that 
there's a lot of men who've been shunned by the community who wanted to come help, but were scared to go in because they're afraid they might be shot or chased down. So anyway, it's just one of those, when you're, when you're crazy orthodoxy and your pretend ways come in contact with, you know, the actual world as it falls apart, Mm -hmm. it's just very interesting to see how they reacted to that. Hmm. And so they they had 13 dead, and apparently they hold their funerals in the middle of the night. That is so weird. It's so weird. That's not normal FLDS stuff, is it? I don't know. It's, it kind of said it wasn't. And I think it's because the families have been so fractured by being shunned and being reassigned that, uh-huh. you know, rather than the shunned son coming in the middle of the day for the funeral, they just do it in the middle of the night so he can't show up, is is kind of what I'm getting from it. <laughs> and it's it, this isn't like... Uh... They're not like, are they doing it to avoid the media? Could it be I, partly that too? Or are they, are they, I guess it's they, just, they just gets weirder and super sadder. secretive. Yeah. And that, that the main thing is they just don't want who they don't want to, to show up. I think that's it. Wow. I think they're just, they're just hoping this whole incident can go away. And that's so weird. Yeah. Terrible. Yeah. It's really sad. I, when I saw the, the first I heard of it was actually the CBS evening news and, uh, and it was one of those oh boy moments where it's like, oh, how are they going to talk about this? Because it's, I mean, the FLDS are one of those, like, whenever it comes up and you you're, you live in Utah yeah. and you, you live in, like, the normal part of Utah. Yeah. <laughs> just like, oh, everybody just thinks this is all we are. You live between then, 21st South and uh, nothing, the Capitol building. Yeah, and <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and nothing about the story says anything about the community. They just uh, say people in a small town in southern Utah and you see Little House on the Prairie garb, yeah. you know, and it's just like, what is going on? This right. Is so weird. And that that's probably a horrible takeaway from a tragedy of is how does this make us look to the rest of the nation? I know. But it always just makes I'm just like, how is this going to be handled? I know it's um, it, it as much such a strange community yeah they're a strange community and they and they they aren't just there i mean they're kind of among us mm. you know there's a lot in the you know in the northern part of utah and yeah. all over the west all you have to do is go to costco <laughs> they were so i'm surprised there's not a costco in hilldale <laughs> they could single-handedly support yeah. one costco totally <laughs> All right, let's not talk about this sadness oh, anymore. Yeah, oh. we're sorry, people of Hildale and Colorado. Yeah, City. no, it's a it's a true tragedy. Much love, but knock your shit off. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, I don't think we could go uh, or get through this episode without talking about the the teen clockmaker uh, <laughs> down in Texas. Who? Uh, yeah, Ahmed Muhammad is his name. Fourteen years old um, and a student at. Uh, what is it? The Irving, at a, a high school in Irving, Texas. I can't remember the name of the school. I think it's the Shit Heels. <laughs> yeah, probably. Yeah. A MacArthur High School. Yeah. Uh, so he arrives at school and brings in a homemade clock. This is a bright kid. Um, he's made a. He, he's he's wearing. In everybody already knows this, right? Because you've seen the story. I don't know how you could miss this story unless you live in Hilldale. You've seen this story. <laughs> but the picture where he's being arrested. He's wearing a NASA T-shirt. I mean, this is a, this kid is a little science kid. He's a classic dork. Yeah, and he's just he seems like the loveliest kid. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. And of course, though, uh, the, unfortunately, the clock he makes looks like half one half of a bomb. Um, it's not the clockiest clock I've ever seen. 
<laughs> yeah, it's a, it's more of an, an electric digitally type of clock. Mm-hmm. He didn't do, work with cogs and no and sprockets and, and a cuckoo. Yeah, no, this is he didn't. Yeah, this is not a mechanical <laughs> clock. It's it's something that requires like electronics and wires and. Um, so unfortunately, this caused um, quite a stir at the school. They accused him of making a hoax bomb. Uh, he was handcuffed and questioned. Uh, and received a three-day suspension, um, and uh, but all he was doing was trying to impress his new classmates and teachers with something he had made. Um, and of course, it wasn't the science teacher. He'd already shown the science teacher, if I remember the story I read uh, the other day. Uh, it was his English teacher who didn't know what she was looking at and was just like, bomb, bomb, bomb. Right. Um, but the, the media reaction has been... Uh, either amazing or horrifying, uh, depending on which side you're looking at, a political side you're looking at. Um, I saw a clip of um, uh, Glenn Beck. Oh, dear. Uh, saying, defending the school district and the police department. What a huge uh, surprise. <laughs> and he was, Wait, he's defending the government. I, isn't the, that Ooh. is... Re- but... Whoa. You're right. That's... This is complex. <laughs> Fuck, Glenn Beck. <laughs> Glenn, so, are you listening? Does he listen to this? Oh, I'm sure he does. Call in. <laughs> uh, no. Um, so, but Glenn Beck was talking about how the, uh, I mean, how was, how was the police department to know whether or not there was another kid at the school who had arrived with the explosive half of this clock? And it was like, <laughs> what? Like, like and, and, and the fact that the school district wouldn't rescind their decision to 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 to, to uh, suspend him for three days, right? Once they figured it all out, they like still that, suspended him. For they days. still suspended him, even though they were completely in the wrong, in the wrong, completely in the wrong. But they refused to back down. The police department refused to back back down, and uh, so consequently, um, Muhammad's father, um, Muhammad El Hassan Muhammad. Uh, is uh, withdrawing his kid, uh, all his kids, um, from the Irving Public Schools uh, because he is he's done with this. And I don't blame him. No, I don't blame him either. And I, I certainly think that, <clears throat> you know, leaving aside the obvious fact that, you know, it's, it's white Christian boys who shoot up schools, mm-hmm. it's uh, almost without exception. Um, yeah. It's leaving aside the fact that clearly his name and his the particular hue of mm. his skin right. is clearly a factor. Look, you can overreact and you can screw up. Yeah, but then you fix that yeah. and you say, "Oh shit, sorry, our bad. This is a, this was a dumb thing to do. Yeah. Everybody's okay. We apologize." But uh, after knowing he was innocent, suspending him for three days, and also the the police chief of this you know, little shithole has said that they knew it wasn't a bomb when they arrested him. They were just, I don't know if they're making, he admitted that on the news. Oh, I didn't hear that. Yeah. 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 That that's even worse. So what kind of example are they making of this kid? I think they're just telling a Muslims you're not welcome, but B all American school children don't try to do anything. Don't excel. (laughs) Yeah. Just go to work at Walmart and don't make clocks. Yeah, definitely don't make clocks. But he, uh, so I saw this little guy interviewed, and he just seems like a sweet guy. And, Mm -hmm. 
he said that uh, at his old school, he was known as uh, Ahmed the Inventor because oh. he was always making stuff. But kids have always called him a terrorist <sighs> and a bomb maker. And it's just like... I. <laughs> well, if you want someone to <laughs> get radicalized... Right. I think the best way you could, the best thing you could do is to, to push them out of the, the mainstream. Right. And it's never to, accept them into the mainstream. To bully this kid yeah. for no reason. I mean, I'm not saying that's what's going to happen because he does seem like a good kid. Yeah. But in, in just sort of the abstract of like, yeah, in, you know, I don't, growing up Muslim in this country, I wouldn't <sighs> wish it on anyone. No. You know, unless no. you're in like Dearborn, Michigan. Right. You know, <laughs> but that's it. Yeah, it's, it's, which it's, is the Muslim capital of the United States. I don't know. It's really, it is the Muslim, it's a yeah. huge population there, but it, it's really sad to see this happen. But what I love about it is it's another kind of right wing, awful, racist, exploding cigar. Mm. Like they just, Go ahead and light that cigar. It's going to blow up in your faces. And now he's going to the White House. And yeah. now MIT and Harvard are like, please come here. And he's yeah. going to go to NASA. And Facebook. And yeah. And Mark so Zuckerberg. it's like, you know what? Good. It's yeah. great that out of this stupidity comes opportunity for this kid and yeah. the rest of America going, we're sorry. Yeah. You know, I think that's really decent. Yeah. No. You're right. I know. So, okay. <laughs> should, should I go on to Eric Fanning? Yes, please. I don't know why that name makes me laugh, and it shouldn't, because <laughs> inshallah, he will be the next secretary uh, of the army. Okay. So Eric Fanning is a... Uh, <laughs> so he is apparently, he's been uh, uh, on the civilian side of like the Defense Policy Institute and and think tank, think tank, think tank, and mm -hmm. all kinds of uh, civilian roles in the armed services, okay. and has come up through the bureaucracy. And, you know, obviously there is this whole non-military side to the military. Uh -huh. And uh, President Barack Hussein Obama has nominated him to be the Secretary of the Army. Okay. All right. Is, and, and that doesn't mean he does all their typing. <laughs> Which would be crazy. Or answers the phones. Yeah, he answers the phones. Army. <laughs> Good morning, Army. He actually uh, he will be the the other than the president, I guess, the highest ranking civilian commandant or whatever. Of the I don't know. What? Somebody okay. from the army, send us an email and please tell me why I'm so stupid. But <laughs> here's the deal. Okay. He's a gay. <gasps> well, okay. Yeah. Yeah, that's the problem. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So you mm. didn't ask and I told, but <laughs> but he, he is uh, apparently immensely qualified, highly regarded uh, inside and outside the Pentagon. Okay. And uh, was, <sighs> but you can imagine that there's been a little backlash. That's so stupid. Yeah. <laughs> it just uh, drives me nuts. <laughs> so, uh, 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 what's his name? One of these, uh, oh God, said that he's a, uh, it's an abomination. We have surrendered to our enemies and that, uh, uh, that we have, uh, the U.S. is over. We've surrendered uh, our supremacy. Who, like, said, like a Mark Huckabee type? Or, or Mike, Mark, Huckabee. Mike Huckabee. Why were you looking at me when you said Mark Huckabee? <laughs> Do I look like I eat that much gravy? <laughs> uh, yeah, so it's just it's just hilarious that this completely qualified man, uh, you know, right? I don't know. I just I want to go abroad with Dan. I want to leave. Yeah. I can't stand this country anymore. <laughs> well, it's just I mean it's just the 
I mean, it's predictable. Sadly, it was completely predictable. I mean, you would cross your fingers and just hope that everybody could get over it and not take the the political pot shots. Yeah. But, I mean, at the end of the day, everybody knew that this was going to happen, I'm sure. Yeah. You know? Um, God, it's so dumb. So, yeah. anyway, I hope he does a good job secretarying for the Army. Yeah. If uh, If Fox News doesn't manage to derail his... Yeah. His secretariat. I don't know. I just hoped, and I know naively, but I just really hoped that when, like, the whole gay marriage thing happened, that it was just over. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I think that's what abortion advocates said in 1973 <laughs> with Roe v. Wade. Done and done. I know. And it's just <laughs> so naive. So was, dumb. Yeah. Here just, we are, nearly 50 uh, years later, still screaming still about it. about it. And I... Oh, Gay marriage has to get settled quicker than that, don't you think? Or just gays in America? I think... In general? I honestly think it will, because I, even though I am completely, completely pro-choice and absolutely believe in a woman's control of her reproductive system, Mm -hmm. I can see, Mm -hmm. because oftentimes we have empathy, Mm -hmm. I can see what gets people so amped. Mm. About abortion. Right. It is, you know, there is, I'm not even saying it's a gray area. I just see what makes people so upset. Right. Okay. I understand. Right. Um, I just don't think gay marriage has that visceral megatonnage. You know, I just don't, huh. oh, it's just two people getting on with their lives and it really doesn't change anything for you. Yeah. Oh, okay. You know yeah. what I mean? I think there'll be Kim Davises and dummies like that. and Of course they'll linger. I mean, I mean, yeah. But I hope I hope it just goes away. I, I really, I, do too. I have faith in my millennial little brothers and sisters. <laughs> I really do, actually. Yeah. And I think that, <laughs> I think that that for them, this is just such a head scratcher. Yeah, you know. Well, they're they'd much rather just be on Instagram, exactly, <laughs> than even caring. Like you know, Instagramming about the new Secretary of the Army, LOL. <laughs> like they do. That's so gay. <laughs> Uh, well, all right. Well, speaking of internet-y stupid things, um, came across this lovely little op-ed in the New York Times um, uh, that's titled Googling for God. Uh, and uh, this is uh, this this author uh, or writer or whatever. He, um, he, he He's going through some uh, some search data. Right, that Google collects up. They 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 sort of they'll release sort of what what was the number one search, oh, yeah, 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 you yeah, know, yeah. Of, and and uh, and, and in, in order to give people a sense of like what's on people's mind and and so forth and so on. Uh, well, there's some trends. Uh, apparently, um, searches for churches uh, are 15 percent lower in the first half of this decade than they were during the first half. Or the last half of the previous one. Okay. Uh, and uh, searches questioning God's existence are up. Oh. Uh, and uh, and uh, porn searches are up 83%. Uh, 83? And people who searching about heroin, uh, that's up 32%. I don't know. If you're like wondering if <laughs> what you're What to make like, of this? <laughs> no, you're you're sitting around. And you're like, oh, should I try heroin? Should I not? You know, you get online. You let me. Th- I, I I mean, I don't know. I, Let's ask I, the Google. <laughs> yeah, um, but anyway, um, love thy neighbor is still the most common search with the word neighbor in it. Really? Um, but the, w- the que- it's interesting the questions that people have uh, when they're searching about God. Um, the number one question 
in the country right now is who created God. Um, wow. The second one is why does God allow suffering? Wow. Um, the, uh, and the third asked question about God is why does God hate me? Wow. Yeah. Uh, the fourth is why God needs so much praise. Um, these are all very good questions. Yeah. Very uh, good questions. Th- then there's, um, when, when, <laughs> this one's amazing. why did God make me blank? What do you think the number one thing that, that, that people, when they type in, why did God make oh, me? Oh, I'm going to be so depressed by whatever this answer is. <laughs> is it, please tell me it's not a race. No, 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 no. Okay. No. A gender? No. Gay. Mm. It's in there, but it's not the number one. The number one is ugly. Oh, my God. <laughs> that is so fucking sad. Uh, but you did touch upon oh. uh, the, <laughs> the the other, uh, other two of the top three, which are gay and black. Oh, my God. <laughs> Fuck. That is so wretched. <laughs> oh, uh, it's just awful. Um that's really it's fascinating and i guess it speaks to a a, a certain isolation that a person is experiencing whether they're young Mm -hmm. or you know whether they're just realizing a they're gay or just realizing they're black or whatever Mm -hmm. but um that these are existential questions yeah that people are asking google well but they're also questions that you you probably don't have someone to ask in your life because many times you can't yeah and so you're why why am i gay yeah you know why did god make me gay which is a stranger why did god make me gay is stranger than just saying why am i gay like what yeah like i don't of course it's the the long-term atheist in me i don't really care what god thinks you know <laughs> why do you hate him <laughs> why do you hate god I don't, what, why did he make that yeah anyway um but yeah why did God make me ugly? That just makes me so sad. That's so fucking heartbreaking. I, I yeah. can't stand it. And, and you know, I, that, that people would even infer belief in a God that would be that cruel. Yeah. You know? Well, I mean, you here ha- you go. You're ugly. Well, there's certain life lessons that you have to learn. <laughs> right. Right. Isn't that the Mormon? That's your cross I mean, that's, to bear. That's your cross to bear. And, yeah. And the, with the Mormon mythology, right? It's your spirit needed to come and have experiences. Needed to be taken down a peg. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. You needed to learn what it's like to be ugly. Because you were so beautiful in the pre-existence. <laughs> that's just hideous. Right. Like, that's just, that's just like good Mormon think right there. So you said one of the searches is, the, is love thy neighbor. So, um, what an interesting. So what, what, what the writer was saying is he was talking about um, how basically how are uh, he says how are the Ten Commandments doing and then he says something about love thy neighbor and I was just like well dude love thy neighbor isn't one of the Ten Commandments that's just no it's not in fact you are very clearly instructed not to love thy neighbor (laughs) or thy neighbor's wife or thy neighbor's ass or his nor his ox right and so um, so basically what he's saying is love thy neighbor as far as like a a, a teaching of Jesus, right, mm. is fortunately the number one search involving the word neighbor. But the number two is neighbor porn. He's like, so, he's like, I don't know that there's a lot that you can really, huh. you know, say about 
That's so yeah. fascinating. Yeah. A, a young, uh, a fr- one of these millennials, friend mm-hmm. of mine, uh, told me that there's some way that as you're passing through an area, you can check what the top Google searches are. Oh, really? Yeah. And okay. I don't know how you do it, but he said when they drive through Provo, Pro- Provo, Utah, for those of you who've never heard of it, <laughs> uh, it's a very conservative a Mormon part of the state. Uh-huh. And, and many of the top searches are why it, or is my husband gay? <laughs> it, is my husband cheating and is my husband gay oh and where can i find some prozac and, and chances are the answer to that in provo is yes <laughs> <laughs> goodbye provo <laughs> listeners <laughs> um and and sort of in his his um, moral morality section that he's talking about here he says the number one search that includes how to and walmart is how to steal from walmart oh my god now that's awesome. Yeah. Why does God want me to steal from Walmart? <laughs> or what does God want me to steal from Walmart? <laughs> oh, probably formula. Oh fuck. God, this, every attempt to keep this from getting super sad has just failed. <laughs> I guess that's where we're going today, so let's do it. Uh, all right. Well, if you'd like to call in and tell us how awful we both are. <laughs> um, you can do so by calling uh, 424-666-8442. You can also email us. The email address is podcast at thankgodimatheist.com. Uh, we also have a pretty lively Facebook uh, community. There's two of them. You can go to uh, facebook.com slash Atheist. That's the, the pu- more public of the, of the two. And we also run a closed group, uh, which you can find by searching for... Uh, the TGIA members only lounge. Now it does take us a second with that one to uh, get you approved and to uh, let you in. Uh, we do get numerous emails every week um, from people saying, "Hey, I've, I've, I'm trying to get in, and then nobody's done it yet." Um, it just takes a minute. Uh, Dan actually does sort of go through and vet everybody. He, he, if if he can't tell by sort of what you know you've posted on your facebook page before if if you're atheist or not or you seem like the kind of person who would join this group um then he'll actually reach out to you and ask you questions and all that kind of stuff so if you're a troll don't try it because dan is on it (laughs) um but uh we're gonna take a quick break uh this is this actually is not pat robertson um this was an interesting clip uh it's carly fiorina uh, in case, and if you don't know who she is, she is um, one of the people vying for the uh, GOP nomination for the presidency. Um, and uh, she went on Jimmy Fallon, uh, I guess, sometime within the last week. And she talked a, a bit about, you know, the debates and and just kind of her thoughts about. Uh, some of the some things that the other candidates have been saying and kind of getting getting in trouble for. So we'll just pick this up. Um, it's pretty self-explanatory. I want to make sure that every American, regardless of who they are, what they look like, how they start, or what their circumstances, has the opportunity to fulfill their potential and find and use their God-given gifts. And that isn't true in America today. Ben Carson's in a lot of trouble now because he's saying that he would he would not uh, advocate a Muslim being president. Well, I think that's wrong. You know, it says in our Constitution that religion cannot be a test for office. It is also true that this country was founded on the principle that we judge each individual and that 
anyone of any faith is welcome here. I actually believe that people of faith make better leaders, whether they're Christians as I am. My faith has sustained me through some very bad times. Yeah. I've battled cancer. I've lost a child. I've been tested. But whether it's a person of Christian faith or Jewish faith or Muslim faith or other faiths, I think faith gives us humility and empathy and optimism, and I think those are important things. So you would be fine with that? If yes, I would be fine with that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Muslim president. Yeah. She's fine with it. Yeah, she's totally, you know, it's like, you know, I'm fine with the, with a moon made out of cheese. It's like, <laughs> this is something, I'm sorry, that is never going to happen. Uh, I mean, no time soon. Aside from Barack Hussein Obama. Uh, yeah, except for the one that we already have. The usurper. Uh <laughs> You know, I have a I have a lovely, chubby 15-year-old tabby cat that mm -hmm. I think is more likely to be president before <laughs> before any highly qualified Muslim person. Yeah. Well, and I love that she's like, she mentions, you know, that there, there's no religious test for, for office in this country. Um, However. Then, but then it's clear that as long as the person's religious, there's no religious test. Right. As long as the person, you know, is a faithful Muslim or Jew or Christian, uh, yeah. that's fine. Right. That's just, fine. That's not a religious test. It's just a test of are you religious? Right. Yeah. Which is different. It's in a different order. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. I no, mean, that's exactly th that. Is, that is like Scalia thinking of a constitutional <laughs> argument. Like, no, no, no. The verbs before the thingamajig. Do a sentence. <laughs> do a sentence diagram. Yeah. yeah. I. I. Um, you know, as a, as an atheist, I'm never super happy that our choices for elected office tend to talk a lot about the Bible and right. you know other Christian things that very often you know they don't they don't really sweat too much about. But you yeah. have to get past the haymakers, so they they do that. Yeah. Um, Although I I I kind of I don't know I don't I haven't really figured out Carly Fiorina yet, but. Um, it feels like on 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 in the Republican Party, there are you know which ones actually are are like fervent believers, and they're terrifying. You know, terrifying, and that's why. And we don't want to get too into the rut of the of that hysteria right now. Yeah, the, the Republican side, right? Nah, but, well, yeah, or, anyway, or, we can talk about it. It's fine, but but the hilarity of watching Donald Trump like touching a bible like it's a sweaty stick of dynamite <laughs> and kind of shaking it around and like this man is from, as familiar with the bible yeah. as i am the dark side of pluto <laughs> right yeah no it's it's totally true he and, panders uh, badly there yeah and you know i if jeb bush might be a man of faith or not it doesn't seem to be scary or a real issue with him uh, Carly Fiorina could actually be terrifying. I haven't figured it out yet. Um, but you know, you've got your, your, your crazies. Yeah. Uh, like your Huckabee, your, your, your Huckabee for sure. I mean, that one, dear God, he's insane. <laughs> uh, and, and then, yeah, your, your other ones, but whatever. I think what Frank and I most have, we've discovered we most have in common is we hate Mike Huckabee. <laughs> <laughs> I know that's really controversial. <laughs> yeah. Um, but anywho, all right. Um, yeah, where do we need to go? We need to, um, I'm going to completely just skip, uh, emails mm. this week. Uh, we'll get to that next nothing, week. Nothing good. No, there was stuff that came in. Um, it's normally Dan's area 
And I just kind of, in my preparations for the show, I kind of just forgot that I needed to also prep emails because it's not just as easy as, oh, let's read this email. Like we get a lot. And so there's a lot to sort through. Right. And, and so we do always, of course, appreciate your emails. And like I said, we'll get to them next week. But uh, we did have um, a series of well-wishers um, and uh, who called in. And I thought I would just play those real quick because uh, these are some, uh, at least a couple uh, voices that have been around the show for quite a while. So let, let's just take a listen to them. Hi, guys. It's Mackenzie. I just wanted to call and congratulate you all on your 200th episode. It's been a wild ride, and I've enjoyed every minute of it. I hope you guys continue to do it for many, many more. And I just want you to keep us laughing and keep us going. Thanks for all you do. Talk to you guys later. Hey, Frank and Dan, Dan and Frank, it's Uncle Uncle Tony. I just wanted to congratulate you guys on your 200th episode. It's been a long ride. It's nice to have been here for uh, at least 100 of those. And you guys take very good care of yourselves. And no, I'm not holding a grudge or anything. Much. Okay, just a little bit. But it's only because Dan's, you know, a pain in the butt about, you know, my name. It's fine. Be that way. Congratulations again, and good luck on the next 100. Talk to you guys later. Bye-bye. Hey, guys. This is Mike in California. I call in to say congratulations on your 200th episode. I am a first-time listener. I just heard you guys on Cognitive. I love them. You guys are just like them. Just not as funny. So, But I do enjoy you guys. Hilarious. And glory hole. <laughs> okay. All right, Mike. <laughs> Thanks for your call. Uh, <laughs> um, you're not the first person who wanted to say glory hole on our show, but I decided to let that through. Uh, because, yeah, last week with the Cognitive Dissonance guys, they were great. Um, I have to say we are riding the Cognitive Dissonance bump. Oh yeah! Moment? Oh my God! Yeah, you guys were great. I lo- uh, you guys had a great synergy. It was very yeah. fun to listen to to both ends of that. Uh, oh, did you listen in on them? Yeah. Oh, cool. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, they do a great show, and of course, we're so uh, you know glad that they came on and and had us on and everything. So, so send uh, us the money you would send them. <laughs> Is, I'm just jumping ahead of Frank here to and, get to uh, the point. And, and basically, like I said, uh, that is the one and only time that Glory Hall gets to be on the show. So, um, so knock it off. It's done. It's done. So, but thank you, Mike. And of course, thank you, uh, Mackenzie, uh, for calling in. Mackenzie, of course, um, moderates and uh, posts on Facebook for us. Mm-hmm. And uh, she also, and then of course, uh, Sparkle Darkle uh, Pony, um, who I was, I was just explaining to Mark the 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 what what would you call that the genesis. the origin the origin story the origin story. I like that he takes time <laughs> to call us up from his shift at the background noise company. <laughs> it's, I know it's important work, and somebody's got to make that stuff happen. <laughs> yeah, I don't know where you were, Sparkle, but uh, that, that was good stuff. All right, and then uh, this is actually a, uh, I think there's actually a question in this one. Hey, Frank and Dan, this is uh, John, as in John Stillion, like a couple episodes back. Uh, I want to call in and talk about something that happened in my Spanish class today. and We had a bit of a 
surprise ethics moment. Um, we uh, had to translate this saying in Spanish. Apparently, it's a quote, and it reads, as long as something is gained, nothing is lost. I don't remember exactly who said it or what it was about, but, but we were basically talking about, you know, sacrifice for uh, a game in the future. And I, I've always had the conclusion that suffering doesn't always make a person better. You know, there's a lot of people in our world who, who don't, who don't like have jobs and stuff. And <laughs> I'm, I'm explaining this terribly, but they go through problems or, and, and they, and they, turn to alcohol or and they wind up homeless or it's maybe some other drug or whatnot and and they don't become a better person they become worse so i'd really like to hear your thoughts on that do you think that um and i know it really depends but what are your views on the idea that um hardship uh produces character love the podcast congratulations for 200 episodes guys bye i have an easy answer do you first of all how dare you cast dispersions on people who turn to alcohol <laughs> I think that wraps that up nicely. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it is an interesting sort of progression that he describes in there. But the, que the, the core of the question is, uh, I think, worth addressing, I guess. Uh, yeah, on, sure. Because, I mean, you know, sort of, I mean, if you take it to one extreme, you have your Mother Teresa's of the world who reveled in people's misery and yes. suffering and felt that it was somehow some benefit or good to to them to to yeah i don't know that maybe god enjoys watching suffering i don't know what her point really was it was horrendous yeah please please google the you know actual story about mother Teresa. yeah and let us all together stop ever using her as a touchstone for morality and decency yeah, because exactly. she was a monster right so you have that as one one extreme and then you have sort of what uh uh the caller i can't what was his name john yeah what was the other extreme that that well, the, the, you have bad things happen, and then you just kind of go down this like spiral of like drugs and alcohol and everything. And you know, I I I guess what we need to differentiate a little bit is the kinds of um, of suffering and trial and heart. I mean, yeah, you can't have you know, it, it, bad things are going to happen in your life, and you're going to learn lessons from them, right? Yes. Um, and uh, and I mean, hopefully, you don't have horrific. You, you don't have to be a Syrian refugee right. to, to, to turn into a good person. But I do think that a certain amount of just life and living and learning from, you know, the little hiccups that we have in life. Yeah. You know, how you respond to those, I think, speaks a lot to your character and who you are. Totally. Totally. Um, but beyond that, I don't know. You, what do you think? Well, I, I think I know. I'm sorry. Was it John? It is John. John. Uh, I think. I think teasing out where I, th I think John was going is this idea, which unfortunately, you know, going back to Mother Teresa is kind of a, a long held, uh, especially in certain parts of Catholicism, but a long held Catholic and, and Christian belief that there's purification through pain, right? Thus self-flagellation and, you right. know, and the torture of the, of the inquisition, uh, mm -hmm. releasing the souls of the damned who were otherwise condemned and Mormon blood atonement and all these. Sure. And it's, a, it's, it's baked into the bread of kind of a lot of Christian belief. Mm -hmm. um, and it is, while you and I agree that, you know, you're going you're gonna to run into some corners in life and you're going to hit your head a few times and, and how you pick yourself up and how you move on from that is very important. Mm -hmm. And it does make you 
it tempers you. It makes you more cautious. It makes you, and, and that's just an, the inevitability of life. Mm -hmm. But the Christian belief that somehow, you know, the right wing saying that, you know, we should get people off food stamps because it's more important for them to kind of suffer and pull themselves up. That's insane. Yeah. I believe that's completely insane to, to think that there's anything to be anything great to be gotten from pain. That's interesting. I've never, I've never processed their resistance to, to, to welfare and yeah. on, 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 on those terms. Yeah. It's, it's Do a, you really think that – is that connected in? They've basically stated as much. Rick Santorum has said it a lot in his history when he was a, when he was a state senator or a, a U.S. senator in Pennsylvania. He talked about that a lot. Wow. That, you know, you've got to come through these trials in life and, this, and relying on the state prevents you from learning these lessons. So it is – and, you know, he's a very, very right-wing Catholic. So he has this belief that there is – just like Christ on the cross, just like the crown of thorns and bleeding from every pore in Gethsemane, not to get too far into the theology, but, but there is this belief that that will, that will purify you and make you a better person. And that's their concern. I, I thought it was just, I, I think, I, I think it's part of the, you know, there's also just the selfish piggish, right? Why right. should my money go to pay for children to have breakfast before school? <laughs> um, so there's that awful part of it, yeah, but, yeah. but it's reinforced by. So, this yeah, religious dog. I mean, I heard Ben Carson on something. Who knows where I saw him? Yeah, it's probably. Uh, I watch a lot of the CBS Evening News lately. Yeah, really? Yeah, it's really strange. <laughs> I've become almost obsessed with it. But nonetheless, I think he was on it. I feel connected <clears throat> to the to just what's happening in the world when I have a curated little beautiful little an american tv dinner style of yeah just like news. somebody's presenting the news to me <laughs> and then i then i read and i figure things out and on my own and whatnot but i, I kind of need that one moment of just like sitting down turning on the tv anyway so ben carson was talking about how the the the, the republican approach of extending a ladder down so that people can climb up themselves and right. that that's sort of the the important different you know the the yeah. republican approach and everything right. and i was just like extend i've never heard it phrased quite like that before and that's insidious because it sounds so reasonable yeah so so like of course no we're going to create this ladder for you yeah you know and that's all it takes and then you just climb it that's right. all you have to do yeah it's just this this and this again this idea of suffering is purification and also you know there are luckless people yeah. There are people born into terrible circumstances and there are people born without, a, you know, the, the full toolbox one needs to get through life, whether yeah. it's physical or mental or emotional and them suffering further mm -hmm. is not going to build character. It's yeah. just going to wreck an already vulnerable and unhappy life. Right. You know? Yeah. So no. John, J John, I think the answer is you should not be taking Spanish. <laughs> Avoid it. Yeah. <laughs> It'll ruin your life. You're learning strange lessons in it, John. Yeah. You're not Just learning lear Spanish. Learn, learn the language, John. <laughs> Why was it ethics all of a sudden? All right. Um, well, that's that kind of wraps up that part of the show. Oh. Oh, everyone. Patreon. Patreon is blowing up. Um, oh, yeah? Yeah. So we need to thank everybody who's been helping out with uh, Patreon this the switch that we we were we, we we were on a platform called Joyride, that's shut down. It's done. They're they're <laughs> they're closing shop. 
in fact, I think as of the 30th of September, there won't even be like anything there left. If you type in getjoyred.com, there won't even be anything. So, um, but it does bring up one issue before I get to, to the donors. Um, there has been the question of where else can I listen to, uh, thank God I'm atheist. Um, because kind of unbeknownst to me, Joyride also had a player. (laughs) So there were people listening to us on Joyride. I had no clue. Uh, It wasn't just a funding platform. There's people listening to you in Spanish class, too. (laughs) (laughs) Indeed. And uh, so we are... um, we are available on, I, on iTunes or on Stitcher. Uh, those, are, those are really the two main big platforms that I know we're on. Um, now, I've heard rumor that we've been sort of placed on some other platforms, but that's just, I think those platforms just sort of picking up RSS feeds mm. uh, and, and just being aggregators rather than services. Um, so there are other things out there. Um, but Stitcher and iTunes are the two big ones. Um, if you're on an Android device, um, go for the Stitcher. Uh, just download it. It's an app. And if you're on an, on an iOS device, you can just listen to us through the, the podcast um, um, app, right? Isn't that how you do it? How do you do it? I think I just go to, listener, the, I go to the website. You go to the website. I do. Okay. Is that old fashioned? No. Um, but you're one of those. When this, our stats get broken down, oh. you're one of the people who listen. That's right. Okay. So yeah. you, can, you can go to com. Yep. And over on the right, I'm sorry, the left-hand side of the page, mm-hmm. um, there's just a little... It says a, recent podcast. Recent podcast. Yeah. And you just click on that. Yeah, and that's then. right. And okay. then listen to the whole back catalog. Yeah. It's all there. It's free. There's 200 of them. Um, and yeah, so, but I do need to thank everybody who has, um, either moved over to Patreon or has just picked up on the fact that we're, um, we're, uh, we're, 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 we're doing this fundraising thing. So, uh, let's see at the, uh, I'm just going to run through everybody. Uh, we have Karen, April, John, Lee, Patricia, uh, Atlas, David, Mike, Willow, Michael, uh, Chipmunk, <laughs> uh, Henry, uh, David, Marshall, Amy, Michael, another Michael, another David, another David, Aragon, Kelsey, Caesar, Rebecca, Jason, Josh, and Judy. Uh, Judy, I'm going to be checking in with you to make sure that uh, you realize that that is a per episode donation because you're being very generous. We appreciate it, of course. It's too late to change it now, though. <laughs> um, but uh, but yeah, we, there's a lot of generosity here. We really do appreciate it. Uh, things have been restructured just a little bit at Patreon. Um, you can find uh, our campaign at patreon.com slash Atheist. Or you can go to uh, thankgodimatheist.com and uh, click on the support tab. Uh, or actually, there's a little banner off on the right-hand side of the page where you can just click on that, and it'll take you right over to our Patreon uh, thing. Now, I do know that some of you have been having some difficulty following the link. There have been an error message or something. I've been in touch with the uh, Patreon support uh, team, and uh, they cannot replicate the issue. So I would suggest whatever you're doing, 
to get to the to the to the campaign try something different <laughs> uh, maybe go directly to the patreon uh, patreon.com and searching for thank god i'm atheist or um if you've been following the link or if that's what you've tried maybe try following the link otherwise i don't i, I really don't know what to say um it's good life advice generally just try something different <laughs> Right. Or uh, reset your um, uh, clear your cash and cookies. That would be the other. I've been told that clear your ca- clear out your cash, clear out those cookies. I, would, I don't know why that helps. I would need a teenager to come show me how to do that. <laughs> I don't know how that works. Just Google it. Just look out. How do I clear my cash and cookies? I'm too busy looking up why God made me yeah. ugly. Yeah. And actually, be careful if you do delete your cookies, then there goes a lot of a lot of stuff. <laughs> A lot of a lot of websites that recognize you when you pop back, they'll stop recognizing you for a minute. But anyway, um, so that's just a warning before you do something so haphazard as deleting your cookies. Um, but it, maybe it'll help. Consider your cookies. Yeah. And if anybody else out there, uh, you might be better than uh, Patreon's uh, uh, tech support or whatever. Uh, if you have any suggestions, if you understand the internet and how it works, uh, let us know. <laughs> All right. Um well, Mark, this is your second time on the show. It is my second time on the show, and and I, I was remiss the first time by not saying what a huge fanboy I am. And you guys, <laughs> it's it's crazy when you live in a backwater like Salt Lake that something you really cherish happens to be in your neighborhood. <laughs> and so through a, a fun series of events, I I met these guys and and became a bit social, and uh. You know, dreams really do come true. I got the golden ticket, and I'm sitting in Dan's chair <laughs> while he's sitting in the Pope's chair. So yeah. I, I I am a huge fanboy, and I am so uh, happy for your your 201st episode. Oh, well, thank I you. I hope that with my help, it won't be your last. So <laughs> let's let's hope we can get to two two o two. Yeah, no, I I, th- I think we'll get there just fine. Good. Um, but uh, one thing that you know, um, Adam, uh, who hasn't been on the show in a really long time. Um, but he used to, uh, be sort of my standard fill in guy for, Mm. for Dan, whenever Dan was out of town. Um, and one of the things that, that, that we did with him was just kind of talk about his, his road, his path to, Mm. to, to where he is. I think our, our listeners have a little bit of a sense, you know, for, for Dan and me, those have been around and listen, been listening to a lot of the episodes, probably pieced together our stories. Um, but I find that people are always, always interested in that. I know I'm interested in people's stories. Yeah. So I, I just kind of wanted to, to give you a chance to maybe let the listeners get to know you a little bit more about, you know, like your path to atheism and right. who, who you are in that sense, you know? Yeah. Well, um, thank you for that opportunity. Yeah. And, uh, I, I also have to say, I really, I, the, I love the banter you guys have and I love the topics you cover, but I do really my ears really, really prick up when there is, you know, you're interviewing someone like that when you interviewed uh, Dan's ex-wife, uh, Andrea, and her... Well, his or, current I'm sorry, wife. His current wife. <laughs> oh, you don't know about this. Uh, Dan, sorry. I guess I'm not in the loop I'm yet. sorry, Dan and Andrea. His current <laughs> wife and her ex-husband. Right, right, And right. if you haven't listened to that episode, I don't know what number that was, but it's absolutely fascinating. Yeah, it's been a while. Um, but it's um, really terrific uh, storytelling. So, yeah. Uh, so I am... a like Dan, I'm a Salt Lake City native. In fact, he and I grew up like four blocks apart. Oh, are you serious? Yeah. 
in oh, kind of the Foothill that. area. Okay. The, the mean streets of Foothill. <laughs> if you guys are from Salt Lake, you know what I'm talking about. Um, so I'm from the east side of Salt Lake, uh, grew up in the Mormon church in, uh-huh. a, in a very, very, very conservative family in a very, very conservative ward, which is our area, in the 70s and 80s. And um, uh, unlike a lot of... Uh, Mormon guys I know who took a, who really struggled and took a long time to find their atheism, and as we know, many, many, many did, mm-hmm. uh, and so are still doing. Um, I kind of count myself as I was. I, weirdly, I was never a believer, like ever. I don't think so. I think that I, I did what every I did what my family did, and I did what my neighbors did. I, did, I basically didn't know any non Mormons. So were you okay? So I'm just trying to figure out what. Little eight-year-old Mark, yeah, in, sitting in uh, in in primary. Imagine me without the mustache, and it's you got <laughs> it. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> but like, were you a skeptic? Were you asking no. hard questions? Or no, it was it was more um, it was more visceral. Okay, it was more gut, and uh, you just didn't feel it. You just didn't... I didn't feel it, and I I just did not have the attention span to listen to a sacrament sermon or another reading of second Alma. That's a thing, right? And it just, it, it's so for those of you who are Mormon, you know exactly what I'm talking about. Our word for those who aren't, it is Mormonism is if more than anything, a test of endurance. And it is very, very, very boring. It's, it's absurdly boring. It's so boring. Yeah. And it's bore the, the aesthetics. That was another thing i the, the gay man that I eventually would be. I'm very mm-hmm. aesthetically, uh, <laughs> that's my life. And so, you know, Mormon churches to, are really terrible. Yeah. They're just awful, boring buildings that look well, like, you know, a courthouse or. And you're very into design just yeah. in, in general, right? Yeah. So like, yeah. So uh, uh, it was uh, colorless <laughs> and it was lifeless. The music, the music is just like droning oh my god it just yeah. grinds your bones into dust it's so boring yeah. so there was there was the aesthetic part which is kind of funny but it's actually true and then there was the <laughs> uh, i ha- i came from a very conservative family as i said yeah. a very very mormon family yeah and uh, i don't want to give too much away about them even though i'm being kind of anonymous but they were not very nice and okay. there was there was a lot of violence in the household hmm. and there was uh, there was a lot of untreated mental illness. Oh, okay. And um, at the time, as I recall, the Mormonism of the 70s and 80s, uh, they were a little bit like the Scientologists when it comes to the therapies. And so um, they didn't really seek, uh, th- there wasn't a lot of talk therapy. There wasn't a lot of psychiatry, psychology. Oh, I see what you're saying. You know what I mean? So it was all, it, every failing was a spiritual failing. Right. Well, talking to your bishop who's a dentist does not, help with your wicked depression or paranoid schizophrenia, right? You right. can't do anything for that. Right. So we had a, we had a, a lot of violence and a lot of unhappiness. And so I just kind of came to this realization and I think it was around the age of 10 huh. where I was like, whatever these people believe about the world, it just can't be. Wow. I just, I can't, I'm not going to be able to live in a world where they're right about everything. <laughs> so, it took me a long time to realize that was a gift, huh. but it kind of was a gift because yeah. it just, there was no appeal to Mormonism for me, even though it was life 24 seven. 
so did that what do you think did that help inoculate you against all the mormon what's the right word for it the the, the pressures that mormons put themselves yeah or put on themselves right where there's like there's just the perfection the perfection i mean did you just see through it was it did you just call bullshit or i mean or did the Later. culture seep in and you kind of had to deal with all that wrestling and you know it was like it was like this is i'm exact you know i'm not trying to be too dramatic but it was like being a prisoner okay because i think at least if i was a believer okay then i would have i could go okay well you know this is the game we're playing i've just got to keep the ball in the air sure but i wasn't i just wasn't a believer and i for a long time i didn't feel that as a superiority i felt it as a failing hmm like this doesn't speak to me when in fast and testimony meeting when Mormons get up and they're, they haven't eaten two meals. So they're practically homicidal and, and they get up and, and bear their testimonies. And there's a lot of public crying and yeah. weird emotions that Mormons normally never show. I had no, I just, my reaction to it was, this is crazy. Oh, wow. Like I, I got to get out of this now. Yeah. It's folded, <laughs> folded into that, into that souffle was uh-huh. that I was, I'm gay. Right. Which was another voice telling me, and, you know, it took me many years to process that, as I know it has for a lot of guys. Mm. Um, I realized that there was never going to be a place at that table for me. Hmm. Because homophobia was so public and so rampant, even in the official church, even at conference and priesthood meetings, Boyd K. Packard telling, you know, uh, missionaries to punch punch out guys who were even a little queer. Uh Uh-huh. Um, so basically I just decided I needed to keep my head down and just try to get out as soon as I could. And I, I actually, the first time I'd said, I'm not going to church anymore. I was 12 and, and I was very quickly convinced that that was not going to be the case. (laughs) So, so I just kind of realized I was probably going to outlive my parents and dug my heels in. And by the time I was 16, I was kind of not going anymore. Wow. Uh, It was very costly. Uh, but, um, I've, I've think I was listening to John DeLynn, who's another podcaster who does Mormon stories talk about, he did these studies for the church. Uh-huh. He did a study for them, like trying to help them understand apostasy and whatnot. Uh, so wow. he's written this paper about why Mormons, why people left the church. It's very thorough. Uh-huh. And I think I heard him saying on a podcast that when the church that, People born, the church that people leave, the church of their birth that people leave the most is Mormonism. And they, and more Mormons tend to stay out of the church than anybody else Uh in America. And more of them tend to become atheists. Really? Yeah. I think it was on one of his podcasts. I I mean, I definitely see it here in Salt Lake. Yeah. Like I, my ex-Mormon friends, nobody believes in God. Like, nobody went and found something else. I don't know a single guy who left to become a Methodist. No, it just doesn't happen. Right. And and I think there's something about the absolute claims to 100% truth that Mormonism makes. That once you realize, you you know, you you grow older, and as I was getting 14, 15, 16, I'm like, okay, clearly life itself is composed mostly of gray. Mm -hmm. So this absolute this demand that they have a hundred percent truth. Once that starts to fall apart, you're like, Oh, you have no truth. 
You know, wow. I think you see behind the curtain in a way that doesn't really happen if you come from a nice waspy, you know, Episcopal or Anglican family. Well, I mean, if you come from something that's take it or leave it in a yeah. lot of ways, right? Or that's just more casual. Yeah, you never have to face it. You never have to face it. Right. You never you never wrestle with it in the same way. I, I mean, I don't imagine you'd have to. Um Interesting. Yeah. Huh. So, so I feel like I, before I knew the word, I feel like I was probably an atheist at 15. Really? Yeah. Okay. 16. I, I, I dabbled in your, I mean, I never did anything seriously, but I read a little, I read the, you know, Siddhartha and, you know, the, the things you do on your journey <laughs> out. Cause you're right. like, well, this God's a little nicer. And then yeah. at some point I'm just like, Oh, I can't, it's all bullshit. Yeah. Why would it be that one versus this one? Right. Yeah. Right. So, um, huh. and that, you know, 16 would have, when I was 16, it would have been 1984. Wow. When there was no internet and there was no podcasting and there was, right. you know, I felt very alone in that, in that, uh, belief or lack of belief. How long before you, you found other like-minded people? Well, I got very lucky because mm -hmm. I work in the entertainment industry. Okay. And uh, I had always wanted to do that since I was a little kid because in my, in my kind of colorless Mormon 70s life, you know, the television was just this window into another world and mm -hmm. into, into things that were beautiful and amazing and mm -hmm. happy. Mm -hmm. And so when I realized that there was a profession that could take me through that looking glass into uh, a, a brighter, happier place. That was kind of what I had to do. So my route was a little circuitous, but by the time I was 19, I had joined the circus, which was the, the in, uh, entertainment industry and went away to work with a bunch of people who were like, Oh yeah, Mormons heard of that. What's that again? And huh. that was so great. And yeah. they were kind of a lot of people. It was a large age range, uh, blue collar people, white collar people, artists, creatives. It was really a circus. And that was, I realized that was home. So were you able to leave the state for a while? Like get yeah. out and okay. Yeah. I came, I came back to Utah after different parts of the business started to happen here, but I was mm -hmm. out of the state for probably four years. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. Something like that. Yeah. That would, but that was, that probably nice saved relief. my life. Yeah. Um, because the, it's interesting, like a, the, suicide is a big problem here in the state of Utah for young mm -hmm. people. It is. And uh, I think it's worse per capita. We have a bigger problem here than any other state. And it's, it, it's, it's close. It's yeah, close. it's huge yeah. Yeah. for a, what should be. It's a beautiful, happy place that this is going on. Yeah. My impulses towards suicide had not a lot to do with being gay, which is often the issue, uh -huh. but uh, being, you know, just generally unhappy in a very, very miserable family situation, huh. but just feeling so alone. Alone is, is a, is a big one. Yeah. Um, when kids don't have someone to talk to, you know, yeah. that, that uh, was nobody. Yeah. And, and you think that you're the, the, the only person who feels this way or thinks this way yeah. and, and you just have no allies. Yeah. That's, that's yeah. a terrible place to be. And, and at that time in this place, you know, every institution was an arm of the church, right. the public schools, yeah. um, you know, the counselors and the administrators in the public schools were all in the church. And, and it, you know, it was a very, if you ever confided something in somebody, you were very at risk of that getting back yeah. to your parents, to your, your church authorities. 
So you knew you really could, if you had something that wasn't, if you were out of the mainstream in any way, you had to figure out a way to choke it down, stomp it out, hide it, or just run away. Um, So yeah, I really had nobody I could talk to about, certainly the gay issue was terrifying. So I just hid that for So it's 70s. Yeah, 70s and 80s. So I was in high school in the mid, early to mid 80s. And so, I mean, all the messaging you're hearing about being gay is is AIDS. It's AIDS, and it's it's the Boyd K. Packers, the Mormon right. apostle who's going around. So was he like, apostle? Yeah, he, he was, was. Yeah, he was a po- going around apostle. telling people to punch out you yeah. know, any kid who seemed slightly different. <laughs> yeah. And you know, the other thing that was, thank God, that was happening in 1982, 83 was MTV. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And so, okay, and of course, we didn't have cable because that was you know any any kind of fun <laughs> or happiness in my house was strictly assassinated but uh you know my neighbors would have hbo or cable we'd go over and watch i mean, remember watching thriller oh right you know yeah, yeah, that's yeah. how old i am and watching thriller when it came out and just yeah. being like what yeah but then there was also you know boy george and the psychedelic furs and there was all and uh, billy idol and there was this kind of from my totally mormon worldview was this people into this androgyny and kind of sexual ambiguity and i was like what the hell is all that and it was terrifying but it was also intoxicating yeah you know so thank god i'm a big believer in the power of the media oh yeah to do something positive for people and to and to you know to be ben carson's ladder down to someone else and and, (laughs) you know most of it's garbage and i've yeah, i've made no. an, i've made plenty of garbage in my life but uh <laughs> you know there's also something beautiful about yeah. 90 minutes of escaping a sad childhood well, it just it just lets you um you know as stupid as it is three's company even though it was like he wasn't gay but he was gay oh my right? god he was so gay and and like and so like just these these weird little like glimpses that 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 I was able to get, you know, and I mean, like my my childhood started in, in Northern California, but by the time I was in high school, it was rural Oklahoma. How you know? one, that must have been wonderful. And it, just, it was it was it was horrendous. Oh God! Um, two of the worst years of my life were the first two years of trying to cope with the real my new reality. Um, and uh, uh, but nonetheless, you know, television was yeah, it's strange, isn't it? It, yeah. it absolutely let me know that there was something different out there. Yeah. That that it wasn't that it, yeah. I mean, I knew it was all fake and everything. I, w- I wasn't delusional about it, but like. But you know, it didn't the, matter. Yeah. Because, because some adult somewhere, some authority somewhere was making this thing. Yeah. And it got past the censors and it got past whatever. Yeah. And so there was, you know. I mean, even though most representations of gay men at that time were just <laughs> the absolute worst thing minstrel ever. show camp yeah but it still was something yeah it know? was something it was there is at least a life there is at least some hope out there yeah um, so imagine you know a generation before me i, I mean there was some black through. and white television but there really was nothing i don't know how they got through and and well, thank, they didn't they they didn't they got married and or they to killed, a woman or, or they killed, killed themselves. themselves yeah yeah, no, it's true. And, you know, thank God that there's that there is kind of this on demand media possibility for young people that are mm-hmm. stuck in Oklahoma or mm-hmm. stuck on the east side of Salt Lake. And they can, you know, in the privacy of their own room, mm-hmm. 
kind of explore the possibilities. And I'm not, I'm not even talking about pornography, please. But, you know, ex- <laughs> explore the possibilities of life and see that there is yeah. a happy, fruitful, yeah. beautiful life outside of heterosexuality or outside of religion or outside of your sad family or your yeah. dumb little town. Mm-hmm. You know? Oh, absolutely. It's a lucky time. No kidding. I'm jealous of these kids. Yeah. <laughs> oh, goodness. Well... So, okay, so you end up being, you come back to Utah. You still must be pretty young, though, when you came back to Utah. Yeah, I was in my early-ish 20s, and that's about, so I came back to Utah in my earliest 20s because there were job opportunities here, kind of being uh, one of a million young faces in L.A. trying to work right. was kind of diminishing returns. <laughs> so I came and started working on some projects here uh, that were very low budget, and that was about the time I started coming out, you know, to myself and really just going, okay, gay. So I've got to do this. You're, you're in LA. You yeah. don't come out in LA. I'm, I'm such a mess now. <laughs> I did not come out in LA. You, cause I just figured, no. you know, you leave, you, you escape the oppressive. Nothing in my life makes city. sense at all. I'm like, <laughs> I am such, and it's just cause I'm a dope, but I didn't come out in LA and it took huh. me. It took me a while back here, and, uh, you know, I, I think when you come from a really abusive situation, hmm. uh, it, it leaves you with such problematic issues of self-worth hmm. and self-esteem. You know, if the people that are, are su- most important in your life that are supposed to be taking care of you and nurturing you alternately don't give a damn about you or are just in full attack mode, you just, you, you question, you know, I would have Googled, why did God put me in this family? <laughs> why am I here? Why did God put me here? Yeah. Um, so that was a lot to over... It still is, you know, in my mid-40s. That's still a lot to overcome. Uh-huh. Um, and so it was intimacy and the first, you know, for gay men of, our, of my generation, the stuff that you very fortunate young gay people and heterosexual people are doing in high school, mm. kind of fumbling your way through the first attempts at intimacy uh you know when you're doing in your mid-20s yeah in mid to late 20s it's 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 embarrassing and it's uh Mm. uh, it just feeds into that (laughs) kind of the issues of self-worth so thank god i kind of got through that and um now i'm very very happily married to uh a guy i probably don't deserve and uh he doesn't say that outright, but uh, <laughs> lots of hints. But you know, for I'll just say terrible. this to kind of sum up the journey for the 13 year old kid who kind of stood on the edge of a 10 story balcony, thinking if I just stepped over, this would all this suffering would end. To being married to the man I love mm-hmm. by the mayor of my hometown, hmm. Salt Lake City, Utah, and having that be celebrated by so many people, even strangers. Uh, that arc, uh, in life is, you know, remarkable even to a person who works in fiction like me. So I I think that, that there is so much possibility in life and there is, you know, life changes so quickly and so profoundly for the better, for the worse. But when it does for the better, it's, it's incredible. Yeah. Well, all right. I I, think I praise God. (laughs) Praise be. Um, well, thank you for thank sharing. You. Thank you for um, thank you for your interest. No, um, I, I think yeah, no. It's I, I, sharing these stories and hearing more. It, it, it's just a good thing. 
I, I, yeah. I'm a firm believer in the in 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 just that honest sharing. Yeah, because I, I think it really does go out and it touches people. And you, as, as far as far as like somebody who podcasts, you know, we get feedback from a lot of our listeners, but there's so many people out there. You just never know how a story is going to touch someone. So thank you very much. Yeah, for, thank for you. Sharing. Thank you. And and, uh, and you guys, thank you for, for creating this possibility for people to do just that and to reach people who probably could use to hear yeah. those stories. Yeah. All right. Well, if you would like to um, give us any feedback about anything you've heard on the show today, uh, you can email us. The email address is podcast at thankgodimatheist.com. You can also leave us a voicemail. The telephone number is 424-666-8442. Then, of course, there's also our online presence. Uh, We have a Facebook page, facebook.com slash TGIAtheist. And also on Facebook, you can search for the TGIA Members Only Lounge. It's a curated, well, not really curated, it's a moderated... um, uh, community. Uh, it's a closed group, so you do have to request to join it. And like I've said before, it takes Dan a minute to do it. And he'll, he admits that himself. Um, uh, and of course, um, we always like to thank uh, Mackenzie for all of her help on Facebook. Uh, she really does an amazing amount of uh, work with posting and and uh, moderating and uh, sending us the important messages that, that people send in and making sure that Dan and I both see those, um, which is wonderful. And, uh, of course, thanks to the Red Rock Hot Club for the use of their music. Mm-hmm. Uh, we, uh, Like I said, uh, Patreon is up and running. The first goal that we have on there is $100 per episode. Uh, we're at eighty one fifty as of recording. Um, that number's been going up fairly quickly, uh, surprisingly quickly. Um, when we hit 100, that'll, like I said, that's the first goal. We're going to be recording a special half-hour episode. Um, I, we don't even know what that's going to look like yet, but uh, it'll be a recording that goes out just to those supporters uh, as a special thank you uh, for getting uh, our campaign back up and running on Patreon. Um, thanks to Joyride. Uh, <laughs> anyway, all right. Thank you, everyone, for listening. Um, and thank you so much, Mark. Thank for, you, for, Frank. I uh, appreciate it. And Dan, come home soon. I'm terrified. <laughs> bye bye. Bye bye.